All right, Mike. Welcome back to another one. Rory, how you doing, mate? Yeah, all good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Yeah. So obviously, last week in the markets, quite an interesting week. Um, we had inflation on Tuesday, CPI on Tuesday was yes. previous was four point nine, fell all the way down to four. Um, then obviously on Wednesday with the FOMC come out, they didn't hike. Uh, but it was a bit of a bit of a a hawkish meeting there. And then obviously on Thursday we had ECB, they hiked by twenty five again. And, you know, again, the rhetoric from there was obviously quite hawkish as well. It looks like the, the sort of divergence between ECB rate and US Fed funds rate is obviously starting to close in now. Euros yep. cropping up, dollars getting weaker. Market US equity markets are loving it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously this week I think it was very much dominated by the two central banks, ECB, the Fed. Um, if I had to say out of the two, which sounded or seemed at least on the surface to be uh, more hawkish, I'd yeah. definitely say ECB. I, hats off to Legado. I, I will say I think she's done a great job um, signaling to markets what the ECB are planning to do moving forwards. And in addition to that, I feel as though she's been very transparent with you know the, the state of the current economy. She's you know there's there's no uh, sugarcoating anything. So I think she's done a great job. And yeah. I feel as though the main sort of takeaways, as as you said. The dollar just seems to be falling. Um, you know, it wasn't long ago we were having conversations about the dollar index, 104, 105 levels, how high can it go? And now it seems to be going the other way, mm -hmm. about 102, and then obviously losing out to other major currency pairs, most notably sterling and euro, also Aussie dollar. So, it again, you know, almost echoing what you're saying, Rory, we're basically seeing a possible terminal rate in sight by the Fed's. And currencies and um, other economies that still have a ways to go in terms of interest rate hikes, we're seeing their currencies gain against the dollar ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know, we also then heard last week, we've seen uh, terminal rates are expected now in the years. Well, the, the median dot plots, plot for the end of 2023 is 5.6. You know, so we're obviously at five and a quarter now. So that yeah. involves another 25 basis points and then obviously another 10 on top of that. But ultimately, there's at least one or two more hikes left in the Fed this year. I mean, um, Jerome Powell did it reiterate again in the speech that, you know, this whole idea of rate cuts is nowhere to be seen, that nobody in the committee has, has mentioned anything about rate cuts. And I still think the market is is starting to price them in. You know, they're still pricing rate cuts in, but, you know, the FOMC has made it clear there will not be rate hikes there. Um, you know, what, what's your take on why do you think equity markets are rallying? You know, usually they, they shouldn't be rallying off the back of this. One theory that I have, and I'll, I'll let out, and you can, I'm sure you can iron the surfaces of it, is that I think that markets have now just climatized to these higher rate environments. If we look back, you know, before the GFC, 5% Fed funds rate was completely normal. Look, look in the late 90s, early 90s, 80s, you know, even higher rates were normal. So, are the are equity markets just taking it in their stride and saying, yep, this is fine, we can deal with it, no problem? I think it's a good point. It's an interesting point, Rory, because, yeah, is there a case of markets adjusting and sort of, you know, spinning a narrative of this is the new normal, you know, yeah. higher rates, obviously not seen for the better part of a decade plus. Um, are markets simply adjusting? Could be, it could be. Yeah. Simply where I think my sort of perspective on it is, again, probably even more basic than yours, Rory, I would say what we're seeing is, you know, um, rate hike cycles possibly coming to the end in the US. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, and obviously with regards to the Fed pausing this week, I feel as though that's given people a sort of opportunity to jump into equities um, simply because things seem to be optimistic. I think the consensus, I think that's the general market is, is that it's optimistic. You know, the Fed are doing a good job in terms of getting inflation under wraps. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think they're being reactive. They're not being, um, how would I say, they're, they're not guessing Yep. you know this inflation battle you know they're very data dependent you know so i feel as though markets are responding to that because they're not making any outlandish calls you know we, we're very data driven on on the one just gone cpi was the i think the um the determining macroeconomic piece of data from last uh from you know from the month gone that kind of ultimately said okay fine we've had nfps unemployment rate this is the one that's going to decide whether we rate uh, raise rates or not but, you know, I feel as though it could be as simple as this, you know, people are dominating uh, the fixed income space with regards to putting cash in and getting a nice lucrative return with regards to yields. And as soon as people are seeing a bit of a slowdown in that, they're like, well, markets aren't doing too bad. Uh, let's get involved with equities. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just, just drawing back to the point you said that, you know, terminal rates are now in sight. I mean, one of the things, you know, that's just come across my mind is that we're obviously halfway through June now. So, you know, we're technically nearly halfway through the year. If we yeah. see that, you know, terminal rates are at 5.6%, then we are seeing the end of the the end of the year is in sight. You know, a lot of books for the first quarter, the first half of the year now being closed. We're going to start opening books for the second half of the year. And before, yeah. you, before you know it, in a couple of months time, we'll be getting ready to close for the year. And as you said, terminal rates will be there and that'll be it. So, the end maybe is in sight now for terminal rates. And that's maybe why we're starting to see that sell-off in dollars, you know, and seeing the rise in equities. There's no indication out there that inflation is going to see another double dip, another double rise. There's, you know, there's no um, there's no sign of that. We're now down at 4%. We thought that if there was another double dip, it would maybe come at around 6%, 5%. We've cleared those levels now. So it looks like the, the June number could potentially be in the threes, you know, could be as low as 3.5%. Which would bring us quite far down. Yeah, I mean that's what you would hope for, right? And obviously, yeah. I feel as though the problem is the lower you go, um, the more difficult the job's going to be. And yeah. ultimately, I feel as though you know, uh, when you do creep towards target, obviously being two percent, you know, stickiness will start to creep in the closer you get. I feel yeah. again, you know, I I am undermining myself a little bit with regards to the fact that thus far it hasn't happened. Yeah, but um. I feel as though it potentially could happen um, once we get to, you know, uh, three and a half, three, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, the, the final few basis points before we reach uh, that 2% target of yeah. inflation. Uh, ultimately, though, you know, what we're kind of seeing is a case of, well, everything's going as to plan. But, mm. you know, I feel as though... I think the Fed's done a good job with this board. I really do. I feel as though, you know, they understand that when they are, you know, raising rates, that the real economy does take a bit of time to react to these um, policy decisions. So, you know, it, it, it does give the market breathing space. Again, reactive, not um, proactive and, and guessing with things. So, you know, that's positive in itself too. Um mm-hmm. And again, as you said, you know, dollars come off in the back of this. And I feel as though this is simply a game of uh, FX, most at least, just chasing the highest rate of return. So yeah. if you're able to slap a 
four plus percent return on, you know, just simply having money in the account in a G7, G10 economy while you're laughing. Exactly. 100% right. I think definitely now looking ahead, you know, I'm just looking at charts here now. I see, and obviously the S&P, you know, on Friday there, we just closed at, you know, above that 4,400 level. I mean, we've been saying it for a long time. There'll be resistance at 4,000, resistance at 42, now resistance at 44. Just keeps running yeah. the, whole, the whole way up. I mean, going back to the point we said at the start, I just don't think there's going to be anything here to stop it until we see a proper slowdown in the economy, until we start to see maybe credit conditions tightening a lot more, until we start to see that hard recession hit, unemployment rate. Um, you know, the FOMC, what did they say on Tuesday? They seen end of the year, was it 3.9%? or 4.1% unemployment at the end of the year and 4.3% or something by the end of 2024. So those numbers still aren't actually that bad. And I don't think those numbers alone would cause a major recession. We'd probably need unemployment upwards of, you know, 5% to really see. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I think you'd need unemployment to be significantly higher than the figures that they were were saying. And, you know, you, 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 as in a, in addition to unemployment, you need to see you know um, NFPs dropping off as well. You know, the the two are in tandem with one another, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of just you know going on what you were saying with regards to the S and P. Heard earlier in the week, some strategists calling for the slowdown at least on the sort of index level to actually um, start well in advance of you know um, end of the year. They're expecting. Yes, we're at forty four hundred now. They're expecting thirty nine hundred by the end of the year. So that's quite a drop. That's a big, big drop if we're looking ahead in terms of you know what's on the horizon. That to me would signal again moving forward that it's not a soft land that we've got ahead because that is a significant chunk of the S and P wiped out. I would say you know probably situation is to be come a lot more dire than it currently you know, looks to be heading towards at the moment. I feel as though we're in a weird bubble of optimism that doesn't necessarily make sense, you know. Yeah. Rates pausing, still high, but, you know, indexes are still doing well. It's just like, well, you know, it should, it, you know, the two should be at uh, odds with one another, but simply yeah. isn't the case. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, one of the things I'm looking at here at the moment, you know, we spoke about it a few times here is the Russell 2000. I mean, if you were trading this index and you were trading all the, you know, all the equities within it, I mean, it's only up over thirteen percent from the from the bottoms that it made, mm. you know, really from this year. And if we look sort of from you know twenty twenty, obviously people can't see the chart, but if you imagine it in your head, mm. recovery this year on the Russell two thousand is nowhere near as strong as the S and P. Yeah. And you know, we always say that the companies in the Russell are really your real economy. You know, the the backbone, the the nuts and bolts of the economy. They're not these sort of you know, hard-hitting AI companies that aren't really producing, as they're, they're more producing a service than not producing an actual product as such. And that's, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to get at here is saying that if we look at the real economy, it's not doing as well as the big tech is. Yeah, think great point. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, the, the, the stock market's doing great and things like that. But as everybody says, the stock market and the economy are two different things. You know, they, they can't be interchangeable terms. And I think that's the one thing that a lot of people get wrong. In my opinion, if you look at the data that's come out over the last 12 months and look at the data that you know we're, we're predicting and look at the Russell, I think it projects a very, very accurate picture of that, to be quite honest. I think it's the closest mimic we have to. Now, that's just my opinion. But I, I think, think it's a valid opinion, though, mate. I think you know you, you bang on the money there with regards to 
because it's, the types it's, of stocks as well on the indexes. I feel as yeah. though people ignore that. We just there's too much emphasis placed on the Nasdaq and placed on the S and P. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, that doesn't necessarily reflect where we are in the economy. I think you know you're bang on with regards to the fact that the Russell, in fact, has, uh, you know, companies that are more effective. You know, the everyday uh, guy in the street. Yeah. So. And the, well and the the thing is, you know, we 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 can say quite officially now that the Nasdaq and and the S and P are back in ball market territory. There has been a solid breakout. You know. The thing about the the Russell is that there hasn't been a breakout yet. It's just been confined within a range, and it's pretty yeah. much consolidating. So, and, and and I think that's a really good opinion of what um, demonstrates in the market right now. We're just consolidating in the economy. The the whole market is in a general is just consolidating. We're seeing some good data. We're seeing some bad data. It's just a, it's a mixed bag. You know, I think you've said that another time. It's a complete mixed bag. We see good unemployment figures. We're seeing good NFP figures. But then all of a sudden we're seeing hawkish FOMC and and things like that and higher interest rates. And yeah, this consolidation I mean, we're seeing in, in, the, in the Russell, I think, just reflects that perfectly. And I think, you know, kind of one thing that I always look at just on, on the odd chance that we see significant moves that ultimately helps to paint a picture with regards to sentiment is gold, you know, like yeah. still relatively high, it's still elevated, 1950, 1960. It's dropped down to 1940 as of recent. And, you know, there seems to be a nice range between 1940 and 1960 in which gold doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Yes, if you look at the macro, sorry, the technicals on the chart, it looks to be bearish, but it's holding well. I feel as though despite uh, S&P up, NASDAQ up, you know, AI and tech stocks on a massive boom, it doesn't reflect in gold because you would expect, you know, equity strength to ultimately result in a sell-off in gold that is yeah. traditionally used as a hedge against A, inflation, and B, market uncertainty. And it just doesn't seem to be moving the way yeah. in which we would expect it to. So, again, mixed bag. Yeah, yeah as you say, gold's just been that range bound between, you know, what is it, 1940, 1980, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be moving. But yeah, I think um, obviously last week was a very busy week. You know, anybody who was sort of trading actively, busy week, a lot happened. A few weeks before that, then we obviously had the RBA come out, surprise interest rate once again. I mean, yeah. you know, a great thing. Uh, Tuesday morning, RBA meeting minutes are out. So we'll probably hear the thought process behind that. Was it a radical night out or was it a strategic plan? <laughs> I think it's, it might be a bit of both. It might be with you knowing those Aussies, you know. You know, I, I can I can just picture them coming out and says, "Sorry, lads, the the Gregory's got involved too often, and he <laughs> he spat the interest rate out." So there you go. we have that on Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, we have obviously building permits in the US. Wednesday, UK inflation, and then um, Wednesday afternoon, we have Jerome Powell. Thursday, BOE interest rate decision, uh, and then on Friday, we have a few retail sales. So a bit of a quiet week next week, really all eyes have you got, UK. Have you got market uh, data in front of you, Rory, for uh, UK inflation? Yeah, UK inflation is 8.5 consensus and previous was 8.7. So still not dropping as quick as US, not mm. dropping as quick as anywhere else. You know, I think it's all eyes on that print, isn't it? That, that's going to be the main one next week. Yeah. If that print comes out at 8.6, I think cable will rocket. I yeah. think, you know, what what are we at now with cable? Is it 1.27? I think we're at, is it? Um, If we just hang in there, yeah, 1. 1.28 we're now with cable. 
I think 130. I think 130 is on the card if that comes out stronger. Absolutely, absolutely. I think if there's any upside, yeah, you know, it, it, it's going to do exactly that. Um, and you know, last week, need a, a sh- go on. Sorry, I was going to say last week we we spoke about cable going to 140. Maybe not this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be this year. You know, we're not well, we're not far I mean, away. Again, this is all you know reflective on central bank sentiment. If I'm being completely honest, look. If we, my my thing moving forward is this, like, yes, I'm very bullish cable, left-hand cable. I like Stan in the current climate simply because um, we're doing the worst job when it comes to getting inflation under wraps. By far, it's ridiculous if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, my, my simple thought process is the US are in a very, very special situation being, you know, the, the, the first, you know, we're deciding to pause now. Mm-hmm. And... They have the privilege of waiting and being very, very data dependent next month. And if things start falling off again, all targets, all, you know, figures are coming out in line. Well, they have the privilege of, of, of pausing further yeah. and just letting the economy do its thing. Ultimately, the UK hasn't got that privilege. You know, we, we are pro- we are probably in the sort of camp where. I don't, I don't actually understand why we're just doing 25s. We need to, you know, in order to get the desired effect, you know, the quickest, I feel as though we need, a, you know, a surprise 50 to really say, look, we're serious, we're serious yeah. about inflation because yeah. this 25, you know, it's just mucking around if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Because so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really hurting, you know, it's really hurting me if you have the greenbacks here, you know, plenty of greenbacks <laughs> looking to cash them in. It's, you know, it's cost me... <laughs> It's cost me hundreds every week to keep these sitting on the desk, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's you know? just one of those where I feel as though one thirty is definitely a target. I wouldn't go as far to say one forty, but mm-hmm. you know, one three five is the narrative continues along the same line by the end of the year. Why not? Yeah, you know, I'm just putting cable on on a bit of a monthly chart here. You know, just before we sort of end the podcast, we'll talk about it. Um. Obviously, the last time we were sort of at these levels here was the 1st of April, 2022. It was around April, Super 2022. Super significant. You know, so we're kind of at yearly highs at the minute. If we go back to April, 2021, May, 2021, we were as high as 140, you know, and then obviously back to April, 2020, uh, when we seen COVID, uh, the initial spike in March was down as low as 114, but the main support there was around 123. So yeah. cable from 2016 has been playing range bound between 124 and 140. That's been the, the pretty much range bound. Interesting. So coming up to this 130 mark is pretty much, you know, your mean line is pretty much your average. So, I mean, you know, ter- looking on a, like an on, on an RSI scale, things like that, we're probably oversold at the minute and we're now looking to just come up, you know, and really try and uh, probably find a lot more buyers. And I think that 140 target is is definitely going to be held. Something that will be interesting, I'm going to share it in the app, is looking at the open interest on on different longer yeah. dealed options. Yeah, same, yeah. Same, same with that open interest. is. I would say the 130 open interest is, is very, very strong on that. So it's going to be something. I'd, have to, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree with that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, again, you know, I was calling it probably a bit too premature because I thought more would have been done, uh, you know, BOE last month. I was expecting that 125 level to be broken, but then, you know, we saw the retracement and it. Made to be sort of bit of decline, but now it's like right. Finally, you know, to be honest, right 
to be honest, I don't think anybody called it early unless you were before September 2022. That's when we've seen, obviously, the trust era coming in, you know, the, the trust pound, <laughs> the, yeah, the, whole, the whole tragedy. If you were calling long cable before that, then yes, you were wrong. But any time this side of September 2022, long cable was the trade. It, it, it hasn't looked back. There's just been pullbacks and it's just kept going up. 105 to 110 to 114, 120, and now it's up 128. So perfect. Yeah. So well yeah. done, well done to you for that. I mean, do you want any FX advice? Too, too patriotic. That's my yeah. problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, mate. I think that's a good one. Um, obviously, quiet data coming out. Not a lot coming out next week. All eyes out in the UK. So um, yeah, probably not a bad week to take things easy if you are actively trading. Just keep an eye out on the pound. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. All right, mate. See you in the next one. Nice and worth. Thank Cheers. you, mate.